0: From the smallest room in New York City, comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Smooth transition. Yes. Uh, uh, From uh, NBC News. NBC News, uh, New York. No need to start this over again. NBC New York reports police in New York City hope to track down a man accused of sexually assaulting a subway rider late last month. Uh, well put. Police hope to track the guy down. Uh, authority said a 36-year-old woman on a southbound three was approached around one as the train moved towards Park Place station. The unknown assailant was so tender, I hesitate to call it an assault, kissed the woman near her mouth and ear before grabbing her breast and groping the woman over her clothes. This woman was not assaulted. This woman was merely biden
1: did he did he take his coat off and put it over a mud puddle for her as well before he grabbed the breast or for
0: real man I mean, uh, uh, that that's uh, that's a question that that needs to be asked actually because I mean it, it's about as old fashioned as you get you know might I mean I... like like a little kiss on a little kiss near the mouth not even on the mouth but near the mouth and her ear it's like he's it's like he's going off to work you know just getting a quick grope and a grab and ah oh, honey I'll see you later
1: might I walk with you for a while. Oh, is that my too dear. bold?
0: <laughs> if I may be so bold as to grope your breasts, you know the guy's no fucking great uh, prize or nothing. I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to fucking push you on. I mean, but uh, you know, look, uh, who is right? The man's wearing a, a, a light blue denim jacket, and uh, looks like he's got his golf clubs with him. You know, so he's, you know, he's got some success or something. Let me, let me see if I can confirm that. Now, does that, that look like he's got his golf clubs with him? to you?
1: yeah kinda. it kind of looks like uh that or like a just a bag of uh groceries it's a plastic groceries. bag it's illegal in new york
0: what are you talking about it's not a plastic oh, bag. oh see
1: down low i'm looking at his one hand there okay
0: oh yeah i'm looking yeah at these right here doesn't that look oh, like that's yeah. maybe it's a jacket that's just stiff and stands up on its own i can i can't really <laughs> tell but this is the unknown assailant it seems like if they've got this they can find the fucking guy there's so many cameras in new york how can you not find this dude you know, right. I mean like he looks very similar to a lot of other dudes, but uh, he is the that is he is that dude. And that's it. So uh I don't I don't really get it. But uh maybe they'll find him. If you have any information, you're encouraged to call one 800 nine seven. Man, I I would should know this number by now, shouldn't I? Oh, they they aren't even asking for the public's help on this one, so fuck it. <laughs> He's called the subway prowler, wanted for kissing, groping woman on the three train, talking to Ryan Wonder. What's up, Ryan? Hey, what's up, Pat? Uh, um, it's, uh, let's read some of the comments here. Nothing will happen to this animal. We'll bring Sharpton and claim systematic racism. Biden will put in his cabinet as attorney general. That's a bit, uh, that might be a bit overstated. Just a bit. Don't bother arresting him. He'll be out on the street in four hours doing worse. That is true. That actually is true. This is not a crime that they put you in jail for anymore.
1: Right. The groping.
0: Yeah. Sexual for sure assault. not. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go ahead and call it assault, which I still say tenderness, you know, matters. But yeah, you, this is the kind of thing you get away with if you are, uh, you know, I guess uh, a I mean, I don't really like to get into the racial politics of the whole thing, but uh, they do take things like that, like your upbringing and if you're poor for, uh, you know, they they take that stuff into account now, which I find to be very strange, or if you've you've endured systematic, uh, you know. uh, Here's another. This is from Autumn Lover, this comment. How in hell do people walk around and not pay attention to their surrounding you can't get within six feet of me. I demand space, period. Ladies, pay attention. Sad. That's a no-nonsense Sad. individual. <laughs> yeah, that's Donald Trump under Autumn Lover. Sad. That's funny. Wow, she's, not, I mean, she doesn't feel bad about victim-blaming at all.
1: Uh, wait, I, just, I need to back up for a second. Why, how did he get a nickname for like a crime he did? As far as they know, he only did one, right? The, the Subway Groper? Is that what they called him?
0: Subway Prowler.
1: Subway Prowler
0: well they don't he's he unidentified he's unidentified so yeah. I, I i it's it's not really being a prowler though isn't a prowler is somebody who breaks in and like fucking sneaks around and steals your jewelry and, and you know ming vases and shit right
1: right yeah where's the bandana over their eyes and the, or the with the eyes holes cut out uh, yeah
0: know. yeah exactly you're a prowler you know but I, that's it is odd uh absolutely says Schmikey branksy in response to Autumn Lover, you know, this is the woman who said, how in the hell do people walk around not pay attention to their surrounding? Absolutely, says Shmikey Branksy, and carry a nicely coordinated can of pepper spray for each outfit. Kidding, not kidding. Oh, I love that little formulation. Kidding, <laughs> not kidding. Tee-hee. That's always so amusing. Self-defense classes are a must, says Autumn Lover. And then Francine Pelchar, you know, comes in. Five hours ago. It says six feet on the subway, maybe at 3 a.m. Eh, that's not the point. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I, like, you can, it's okay if somebody's within six feet of you, provided you know, that they're not, uh, how should I say it, um, this guy. Suspect. As so long as it's not this guy. Yeah. He looks like he's like... He's. I guess he's eating. He's got his mouth full. Yeah. Which, you know, what did he... Yeah, that's, I guess if he had his mouth full, it's kind of gross.
1: It's like a gumball.
0: Yeah. Boy, what a great photo they have there. Right? That's, <laughs> he's like, huh? What if that's just the way his face is shaped? He's just a big fucking elephant man tart or something. He
1: in the circus? Yeah. You don't see a <laughs> lot of... plate denim. mouth people?
0: You de- do you see many denim jackets anymore? You really don't. Not really. It's. it's it seems to be a bit of a rarity.
1: John Cougar.
0: Yeah, exactly. So pulling that John Cougar Mellencamp type shit. Uh, it's pretty interesting stuff, though. Uh, let's. Okay, wow, we could look at some more of these fucking comments. I guess. Let's see. When caught, he will be issued a citation and a court date. Then he'll be free to do what he enjoys best. NYC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Sicko, says somebody. I can't say sicko. Is he he over. He definitely crossed the boundary. What a cutie. Nothing a bat. Can't solve <laughs> Philaccio. What a cutie. Nothing a bat can't solve. Violence isn't always the answer, Philaccio. Uh Pink Lady A says have a very hot cup of coffee in your hand. Sip, throw. <laughs> <laughs> Dems are sheep responds I see the problem.
1: Seeing more and more of those kind of comments, so it's probably know. a good, you know, realization for people to make.
0: Well, yeah. From Dems or Sheep, we would expect it. Uh, Ralph Norton. That's interesting. Ralph Norton's combination of Ralph Cramden and Ed Norton. What's wrong with spreading a little love around? Yeah. Finally, a voice of reason. And then Borat 2024. <laughs> <laughs> she liked it. She she liked it. Nice. She liked it. And then there's a reply to him, an additional one. Oh, no, nope, I don't want to reply. Mm-mm. Why not? <laughs> and then Esther White says, you need help. Oh, okay. Well, because it's probably going to try to make me sign into something. Yeah, that's true. Let's see. Nope.
1: We're kind of (laughs) replying to it now.
0: Guest (laughs) said probably did. That's me. All right, then. So uh, that's uh, just a little interesting story, a little something there for you. If you enjoy those, uh, subway groper stories, uh, yeah, they, uh, they released a surveillance image of the alleged suspect. He's wearing a light blue jacket and gray sweatpants. So, uh, yeah, look for that.
1: Eating a bagel, carrying golf golf clubs.
0: Golf clubs on his way to the links. 1010 Winds reports uh, video released Friday by police shows two men slashing, punching, and robbing a man in a broad daylight street skirmish that truly stretches the meaning of the word skirmish. <laughs> I mean, look it up. Merriam-Webster says uh, a skirmish is what it is, okay? Because to me, that word did not feel right. A, a brisk preliminary verbal conflict. B, a minor dispute or contest between opposing parties. See, that's my problem with the word skirmish. You know what I'm saying? I mean, are are you hearing me on this? Because I guess technically, okay, the guy is opposed, you know, to being robbed by these two guys and what... Uh, while the, the guys are doing the punching and slashing uh, those guys are they're taking a pro robbery of the guy stance so they are in opposition
1: right but uh, I mean a skirmish like you said it almost sounds like it's something military you know regiments do it's too official sounding
0: yeah but to me it's also when you have like like in a military situation it's not an ambush right it's like a two Armies are fighting. It's like they right?
1: stumble. They like they're in a haunted house and they back up back to back against each other. Like whoa, and then they start shooting at each other, kind mm. of thing. As yeah, opposed I just, to they, like
0: to me, it seems as if they like as if they're both mutually engaged in some kind of conflict, whereas right. this person just wants to, uh, you know, not be robbed. I guess it's resulting in a minor dispute. I guess we can presume there was a there was a brisk preliminary verbal conflict, you know, when the men who intended to rob the guy expressed their intention to possess the other guy's stuff, uh, specifically his jacket, backpack, and camera. So uh, that's what they stole from him. That's not nothing, you know? I mean, if, he's, if you have a camera at this point, Ryan, wouldn't you say, it's probably a pretty fucking good camera.
1: If I lost my camera, that would be like my almost my livelihood going out the door that would be uh that would set me back
0: because you almost make a living with it
1: yeah at this point almost
0: (laughs) i mean like hey it'd be like me losing my sense of humor (laughs) (laughs) but seriously a camera (laughs) there was no need to say but seriously we uh, (laughs) but uh, don't you see what i mean like a camera you're not going to carry around a uh you know, some kind of Nikon uh, fucking uh, quick flash Polaroid bullshit, you know, that cost $31. Nobody carries those uh, disposable cameras that I see anymore.
1: No, that would be really know. odd to see.
0: Yeah. And I don't even think anybody would steal that. But, I mean, his jacket was probably nice. He's probably cold now after that. His backpack probably had his com- fucking computer in it. Uh, At I don't least know. the charging
1: cable. <laughs> yeah.
0: He had something he needed. Pretty sure of that. Anyway, continuing now, again, from 1010, wins. It says the confrontation broke out again. Okay, like i got to stop on the word confrontation. What's with this ridiculous wording and this incredibly forgiving news item from 1010 wins? Confrontation? So I looked up this again in the dictionary, right? A face-to-face meeting or the clashing of forces or ideas. <laughs> Was <laughs> face-to-face meeting i guess but it was also sort of a knife to face meeting i think wow and so forces a, a what?
1: teacher telling like telling a parent like hey, your kid was involved in a confrontation today uh you know he slashed one of the other students it wasn't that good yeah if like, i
0: get robbed you know at school don't tell my parents i was in a fight
1: right you know what i mean <sighs> exactly a fight there was a fight
0: yeah, that's what they always... Somebody gets the shit beat out of them by 12 people and they go, the fight broke out. No, no. Forces did clash, I guess. I mean, the force of a punching fist squaring off against the equally powerful force of a stationary head. <laughs> this is at Bedlam Avenue and uh, Fulton Street and Bedlam, Crimasset. So here's how it went. The 32-year-old man was slashed in the neck with a cutting instrument by two men who stole his jacket, backpack and camera. That's not a confrontation. That's not a really
1: violent attack on a, on a victim from the sounds of it. Right.
0: Yeah, totally. This video shows the victim. It does say that the victim was in a fighting stance with one of the men who appears to be holding a box cutter. So I'd say like the guy just cause he puts up a fight, it doesn't mean it is a fight.
1: Right. All parts aren't equal in this situation. Somebody's, Fighting for their life, they think at that point.
0: Yeah, very likely. I mean, you know, the guy's got a box cutter, and uh, can slash your throat just like that with a, a cutting implement like that. Uh, the it second sounds like man, the
1: way they worded it, two rival like gangs, like they had beef. Yeah, you know, going way
0: back. <laughs> and gangsters are not walking around in backpacks, right, with cameras and shit. That's a probably that's more of a, you know, walking around bedlam crime with a fucking. Yo, homie, I, I brought my fucking, uh, <laughs> whatever. Anyways, I, I can't the even <laughs> But the, it says, uh, while the guy was squared off in the fighting stance, right? That's when the second guy comes up from behind him and punches him in the back of the head. That's a confrontation, right? It was, now, that wasn't face-to-face. That's a sucker punch. Yeah. Give me a it's break. Like a,
1: yeah, like it's a coordinated attack on uh, one poor bastard. That uh, had his stuff taken. Not a, again, not a fight between two parties.
0: Again, yeah. So, words like, so what is the point of words? Because it's not an accident, right? When you see it twice, it's definitely uh, intentional. The first word was skirmish. And the second word was confrontation broke out. A right. confrontation broke out. Confrontation broke out when these guys tried to rob this guy.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: All right, well, um, okay, so we, we know where it is now. It's over there in, uh, in uh, the Bidstoy, and uh, the, the victim was in the fighting stance, got punched in the back the head. Police are searching for two men in this robbery, uh, and uh, the victim was taken to Kings County Hospital for treatment. Two suspects fled the scene with his belongings. Anyone with information has to call Crime Stoppers 1-800-577-TIPS. It's 1-800-577-TIPS. Well, this will be very interesting now. A gunman fired into a violent Brooklyn barbershop Friday night. On a Friday. That's two black movies in one, Friday and barbershop. <laughs> leaving one man dead and another in the hospital. Uh you know, there was a time when the when the barber itself was the hospital. You know that, right? Mm, no. Barbers started off as like medical people. I mean, not started off started off, but they became like the, like a medical thing. That's why they had the pole outside. It's, it's it's like sort of like a the snake going up the thing. Oh. And uh they're uh yeah, it was intended to uh you know, attract attention if you needed a doctor. Hmm. So, uh, police are searching for a man who walked up to uh Champion Cuts with a Z on Chester Street in Brownsville, 1718 and uh began shooting into the barbershop. Now, uh, several bullets broke through the glass. The two men were struck. 45 year old man was shot in the torso and a 28 year old was struck in the leg. Boker. So, customer
1: and barber, or which who was who was hit, I wonder, or doesn't it say
0: oh, that's a good question? You would think,
1: right? Like, what if somebody was like in the middle of a straight shave, you know, oh, wow. and just like uh through one stroke just took a bullet right to the head and like slipped? Do you get charged with two counts of murder if he slips and you yes, know what I mean?
0: you do because uh, I'm uh and and you you obviously know the answer to that that you definitely get charged with both because uh any death in fact it becomes a federal crime at that point and you're death penalty eligible i think that if if somebody gets killed while you're in the uh process of committing another felony or another crime maybe another crime like if you're doing an armed robbery and someone you know you kill somebody in the commission of that then that's de- a, aggravating yeah yeah. Is that right? Does it does it make it a federal murder charge or something like
1: that? I don't know. They might be able to. It might be. I don't know about that, but.
0: In this case, it would be second degree murder for one of them, I guess. Manslaughter. For at least like one that. of them. The other
1: one might have been manslaughter. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> might be a well, tough it, one to prove,
0: but. The, the 45-year-old is the one who died. The older man was pronounced dead. Dead. And the other victim is in stable condition. Stable. It's unclear if the men were the intended targets, but uh, please believe both men were were customers in the shop, just so you know, since you were wondering about that. Mm-hmm. A couple of things about barbering. You know, barbering's a very... Every time I go to the barber, I think, you know what? And I can't really think of it the way I used to because I used to say, well, if comedy doesn't work out, then I'll, you know, but comedy hasn't worked out, let's face it. So... <laughs> I hate to say that. I mean like I'm big time, uh, you know, I love doing stand up. I'll never stop. But like it's just a little mind game you play when when I'm sitting there in the do- I, I I could be a barber. Barbers are weird. They're they're <laughs> weird people and they can be, you know, you just you're working for yourself. You might have you know you work in somebody else's shop or something, basically working for yourself. You give them a cut of your shit and uh you uh cut hair you know and it's a it's a fucking breeze it's all blending i'm pretty good at blending and shading when i draw i think there i could probably go. do it on a head
1: Probably a little bit of a learning curve there but you could probably you know make it happen
0: i think so you gotta go to a class you know you gotta go to barber school and shit like i right. mean i look at the people who who be- have become barbers and i can't imagine them doing anything else and i bet they can't either it's just like there you go you know this is you have found it this is where you're at this is where you're supposed to be you're a barber some i, I guess truly
1: love it i would think too over time you just get to know people really well and you get your clients you know your same ones over and over again and you, you yeah. get to you have some interesting conversations and
0: well i don't know about that <laughs> building up your clientele <laughs> i mean have you ever had an interesting conversation with your barber mm-hmm. you have oh yeah tell me about it do you I mean um, is, I, is it happen all the time
1: Um, I used to, well, that is my old barber, but, um, God, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of one specific one, just everything from, uh, um, like, well, I ended up buying his house actually, so (laughs) that conversation led to me buying his house when he moved. What? Oh, yeah.
0: okay well i stand corrected i mean i i had i've i've enjoyed talking to barbers that i've had and and there's a guy at my current shop now i i, I was trying to like stick with just one guy in the shop and it's, it's impossible roman he's busy he owns the place he's like fucking he's you know he, he you got to make an appointment these days And i mean if you gotta make an appointment it just ain't a fucking barbershop. shop you know what i mean that doesn't feel right to me. I mean, I guess I could. but
1: I thought it was supposed to be, like, emergency. I guess the whole, like, barber pole thing, medical portion right. completely gone.
0: Yeah, I'm here to yeah, put the leeches on me. You know, there's something wrong. <laughs> I got to ask know. questions about that, though. How did that work?
1: So you come in. How did the barber aspect come into it? Like, hey, look, I'll patch up your knife wound and I'll give you a shave. How did that
0: yeah, well, they had the weapon. I mean, the, the weapons. They had the you know the barbering implements. You know, razors and shit like that. And they had other tools. And they just had other responsibilities for a long time. I mean, they used to have a whole like thing, like uh, relics from the from the Bronze Age indicate that barbering barbering goes way back to, like 400 BC. Wow. Ancient Egypt, they used uh, sharpened flintstone eh, and uh, oyster shells to perform hair cutting services. They cut the hair of elites, priests, even pharaohs. Which I always imagine pharaohs just letting their hair grow, but uh, maybe not. The barbers of old they tended to, to uh, they tended to be themselves priests or chiefs of a clan. That's how important they were because they it would, the most trusted and capable men in their tribes. Because people were superstitious about haircuts and shaving, and they thought that evil spirits entered the body through the hair, so you want to be careful when you get it cut. You want to make sure it's just right. Uh, Haircuts uh, were also related to the social class system in in Egypt, early Egypt. Kings and clergy and slaves, they all had unique haircuts. So you could tell what somebody was by their haircut, which, you know, maybe you could sort of tell now, but not really. And You can tell if somebody's in the military or if they have a military look, but a lot of people have that when they're not in it.
1: True, yeah. A lot of convicts actually and like police have kind of the same haircuts.
0: Yeah. And you, I mean, you can sort of tell a roadie by his haircut, maybe. But, True. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe. A... I
1: think, though, like back in like the royal times, like where you're talking about in like Pharaoh or ancient Egypt, that must have been, like you said, a pretty carefully picked position because you've got somebody with, uh, you know, a clamshell up to the throat of the Pharaoh, you know, cutting yeah. his hair very carefully.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You got to, it's got to be a motherfucker you trust. Barber could shift
1: uh, world events.
0: And not just to get your sideburns, you know, fucking properly, uh, you know, even and stuff like that. I'm sure that barbers uh, did not commit very many murders. No, I don't see I don't see barbers as killers. I think they're they're all about uh, helping. And, and, and by the way, even if it is just about the haircut, man, you know, you're the pharaoh. You got an image to uphold. Right. True. You it's better look brilliant.
1: good at the end of that cut.
0: Yeah. If you don't. I'm going to feed you a
1: fucking alligator.
0: <laughs> it's not going to be good for you, sir. You'll be taking a fucking dip in the Nile where you get one of them parasites in your dickhole. <laughs> uh, interestingly, haircuts were also related to social classism, as I said. Now, they, if you were a fucking pauper, it didn't matter. The word barber derived from the Latin word Barbara, meaning beard. And, and and during the 5th century B.C., beards became important indicator. They were indicators of like a man's importance. And you can see it in their gods because like Zeus, you know, big fucking beard. Hercules, big fucking beard. Poseidon, even down underwater, big fucking beard. They had these big ass beards. I I, I'm not a beard guy. I I don't really. uh, I'm I'm happy with my mustache. I think it looks. You know, I think I look a little devilish with it. But I I had a beard. I I always get bummed out when somebody grows a fucking beard. You know, Letterman growing a beard. I was just like, eh, fuck Letterman. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, like I've grown one for different things, like for, um. Just when I leave, like a job where I couldn't have one, I'd grow one. But uh, it's too itchy, and then I end up just looking like I grow like a '70s beard. I look like Martin Scorsese and uh, Taxi Driver.
0: Oh my God! Why would you? Uh, okay, yeah, you look like yeah. you look like, <laughs> you, look like uh, you know what's his name, uh, Ron Silver. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a look. I mean, it's better than the big bushy ass fucking beard that that people are doing now and getting away with that yeah somebody used to look real fucking odd if they had that kind of beard mm-hmm. you'd look at you'd look askance at them like what the fuck is what's up with that dude
1: look at this hillbilly
0: yeah let that that looks really fucking and, and it i don't know man i like i i have no intention of like working up on the guy and kissing him or anything like that but i think about like a I, I, I wouldn't feel clean for a woman to, like, fucking be, I, I like to, you know, I like a woman's face on my face, I like it on my <sighs> neck, and just like, you know, I like to get all down with a woman. How do you eat pussy with a beard like that? Right. I mean, like, you know, maybe just like, hell, I don't eat pussy. Okay, fine. I guess you don't.
1: <laughs> no, I, th- I mean, uh, I would think, uh, I mean, what am I, what am I saying?
0: I mean, I she's probably got, got it all beard, shaved huh? down there. She's going to feel all that prickly ass fucking shit. Yeah, like a, I've had
1: uh, I think uh, I had it'd be one like a bird nest with a sponge
0: out. in the middle, rubbing it around in there. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean it's not a well, my my beard's kind of like a Brillo pad. So yeah, I yeah. think I had a girlfriend that did like that.
0: I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. I, it would take me so long to grow something like that. Anyway, uh, beards became important, like I said, uh, they they mattered, and uh, the role of barbers ascended in Athens, one of importance and prestige, because barber shops became the center of social activities. You know who would hang out in barbershops mm-hmm. in the uh, in Athens at that time? At that in that era, the they, philosophers would hang out. There. Oh shit! Warriors, poets, and other important men of society would gather there to share their ideas, stories, and other topics of general interest. I think, uh, yeah, uh, if I went to a barbershop and there were some fucking philosophers hanging out in there, I'd, I fucking go to a different barbershop, right? <laughs> Immediately, okay. oh, <laughs> fuck you dude. last thing I want to hear
1: <laughs> I feel like they've always been annoying, no matter what era
0: I, I I don't think that there's that many now. We don't seem to value it. Everybody thinks that they're a philosopher, but they're not.
1: that's kind of what I mean. Everybody's got their own you know behind the their, scenes meeting or
0: yeah, <laughs> I don't know. their own their own brand of fart, you know like that right yeah it sounds real good when you say it to yourself. But uh, I don't I don't mind farting alone. If I'm alone and I fart, I'm like, fucking, I it, s great. You That's barely brilliant. even notice it, you know. You don't have to look both ways before you cross that road, you know, You're right. in the clear. Even it's if you shard a little bit, only a mild amount of shame, you know. <laughs> I mean, if you shit your pants and it's at home by yourself.
1: Didn't even happen. It's
0: <laughs> a tree fell in the woods. Nobody was there. Oh, well, uh, I guess we know the answer to that question. If a tree shits itself in the woods and no one smells it. But I, I, I poets, too. Poets are in there. I mean, how do you think poets and warriors would get... I guess they probably got along better back then. They probably had more in common.
1: I was just thinking that. It's kind of a weird group of people. Philosophers, poets, and warriors. One of these things is not like the other.
0: Yeah, one of these guys is going straight to the front of the line. Yeah. It's like
1: General Patton sitting there with like uh Dian rand
0: and <laughs> uh, walt whitman i i can't yeah. think of any poets ever how many poets can you even name i don't know without robert frost new dog and shit like that you know po. I, I can write poetry all day yeah. uh, or like eminem or some shit yeah. but i can't think of any poets i don't know and it, it, it's it's a that's another job that is just fucking run its course <laughs> You're certainly not prominent in the barbershop just because I wrote this poem for you. Yeah, it's it's still five dollars. Okay, This <laughs> is mean, Athens, it's ancient, but shit, you know, five bucks. They were probably magic back then, though,
1: because there's no other poems. form form of entertainment. There's no radio, TV. So a poets like, holy shit, it's the craziest thing I've ever read.
0: This guy writes poems. Wouldn't you yeah. just? Don't you just immediately go, fuck? I can do that. I mean, they must have been really good poets that you're just like, oh fuck, that's. I never thought of it that way. I couldn't have said it that way, even if I did have that thought. And you meticulously worked out the meter, the rhyme. It's got just the perfect texture to it. It's the perfect length. I love this poem. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I've ever had that thought. I
1: wonder if that's. I mean, though, I wonder if people actually did back then. They must
0: have. They must have. It must have been a real novel thing. I mean, they didn't even. They probably hadn't even invented the fucking dirty limerick yet at that time. You know, one, the, do you know that there's kids now who you say there once was a man from Nantucket. They can't say the next line. Oh, God, that's sad.
1: It what, is. What happened to America? It's
0: Ridiculous. I mean, it's just that that's a kind of knowledge that I, I just never thought would go out of style. You know, his dick so was patchy. so long he could suck it, by the way, if you're one of those young people. Uh, it's uh, it's and, and then there, there's a rest of it, too. Do you know the rest of it?
1: I've heard it. I don't know if I can recite it, so now I feel like a shithead. No, no, no. I, I know
0: the whole thing because I'm just that fucking much of a loser that I fucking... <laughs> but it's once you You're remember... You're a philosopher. There, there once was a man named... Uh, no, there once was a man from Nantucket. That was a different one. Uh, there once was a man from Nantucket whose dick was so long. Yes, he could suck it. He said with a grin as he wiped off his chin, if my ear was a pussy, I'd fuck it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh I, would I
0: mean like it's and, and, and I, I still remember where I learned the whole poem and I don't even it might have been the first time I'd heard that whole Nantucket thing. Some dude uh that I didn't know, my brother knew somebody who wrote down all these poems on a, on paper, these dirty limericks, you know, a few to a page and just it circulated. <laughs> it's like it was like study these. <laughs> <laughs> Just as it's sure of a source as, as anything, you know that like yeah, it's like,
1: something like that. Though is like treasure that would be like amazing to find that and just go through every single one of them. That's the kind of poetry I would like to read.
0: Let's see. There once was a man named Dave, who kept a dead whore in a cave.
1: <laughs> I like she this one already. Miss,
0: she was missing a tit, and she smelled like shit. <laughs> but think of the money he'd save. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow! It's uh wow. I think that's those, uh, those pertinent the for the topic we covered tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah, when we, we have a, a, a show over there on the locals uh, about uh, Arthur uh, Cro- Shawcross. For Shawcross. Arthur Shawcross, we only said his name for two hours straight, but, I mean, it was it, a quite comprehensive conversation about the serial killer up in Rochester that a lot of people don't know about. I certainly didn't know about him. Arthur Shawcross, 11 bodies to his credit, maybe more out there, but uh, whatever you do, if you're talking to Arthur Shawcross, do not bring up Watertown. <laughs> we'll <laughs> not discuss anybody or anything that happened in Watertown. One more thing about beards. They suffered a blow in the third century B.C. I'm so happy about this because Alexander the Great issued a general order for all his countrymen to shave their fucking beards. Man, that must have been satisfying. The order came as a result, though. Uh, the reason why you would you like to know the reason? I bet you're curious. Um. See if you can guess.
1: Wasn't he half into dudes? <laughs> Maybe that had something to do with it.
0: <laughs> no, you're thinking, you're thinking about Alexander the Average. Oh,
1: oh right, right. Yeah,
0: that's his grandson. Uh, no, he, he told him to shave their beards, and it came as a result of uh, the defeat of his armies. During the conquest of Asia, the Persians had been grabbing the beards uh. of Alexander's soldiers and dragging them down by their beards to kill them. So wow!
1: Was like, Fuck, so it was practical.
0: It was practical. It was practical, and so like he's like everybody got to do it. Everybody, everybody got to do it. He didn't want people to, you know, he didn't want to create a two-tiered society like some of these motherfuckers do. Here's a uh, very interesting story that takes place in an elevator, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. A New York City man, mm, a New York City man, a uh, convicted sex offender, actually. About that, who was recently out on parole was arrested in the boogie d, a Bronx elevator, in fact, uh, for raping a woman inside it, and uh, that's where he was. He was. I don't know if he was arrested in the elevator, but he raped a woman inside a Bronx elevator. That to me, I mean, that's you gotta. I, I can't. I probably couldn't even get a girl's number on an elevator. <laughs> you know? I mean, wow! It, it's it's not only bold; it's like fucking next level like i mean I, I gotta have a very particular set of circumstances to be properly uh positioned physically to fuck a girl and it's not in an elevator with everybody <laughs> with their clothes and coats on and shit it's definitely not that
1: maybe if it was jammed i mean it had to have been jammed right no it's like not oh, between floor jam- like the 12th and
0: 80th floor i thought you meant jammed like fucking like there was like it's packed with people. so he's Just like <laughs> that, uh, that too, it, maybe who knows? It's nuts to butts. So he just went ahead and raped her. No, uh, it's it's uh, and I don't bystander effect to the max. I seriously doubt there's an 80th floor in any in any building in the Bronx.
1: I'm just thinking how much time he'd need. Maybe okay. Maybe it's like two minutes. Oh,
0: 800 floors, I would need for sure. <laughs> I, and it would definitely, I'd have to be stuck. I don't, I don't think it was stuck. Boy, can you imagine the what bad luck for the victim <laughs> if the elevator gets stuck and you're in there with a rapist?
1: Dear God, yeah. Just because like,
0: not every man is just going to rape you just because you're stuck in an elevator for you know an hour and a half or some shit.
1: Eight and a half million people, and you get stuck on an elevator with a rapist.
0: Yeah, with one of the four million rapists. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. That's I'm That's a little low, Pat. That. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's some women. But uh, yeah, Ramon Rotistan, Rotistan, he's a level three sex offender. So we did not expect this. He uh, <laughs> he just got out of prison six weeks ago after serving sixteen years in jail. Apparently, he's ready to go back. He turned himself in eight thirty p.m. at the forty ninth precinct.
1: That was nice of him.
0: He was well. He was caught on tape raping a forty year old woman inside well, an elevator. Well, and so maybe she was a forty year old woman in New York City is not the same as a forty year old woman in uh, I don't know. Pick a state Pick a place It's like they, Oklahoma they, Yeah, anywhere Yeah, Oklahoma or Missouri Or fucking Kansas Or, you know, Tennessee Georgia, Alabama They're, uh, they're you know, women uh, I'm not saying they age faster Down there or nothing like that I'm just saying the women here are Like kind of uh, They have a hold-up quality They it, And it's weird Because, like, people here die Sometimes a little bit Before the life expectancy Because of the shit That's in the air People get cancer A little bit younger <laughs> Excuse me Yeah, that's what it is This fucking shitty New York City air <laughs> Give you cancer, but uh, it's all that fucking uh, subway brake dust. <laughs> <laughs> he followed her into the building, so they didn't. He didn't just happen to be on the elevator that she's on. Uh, okay. Followed her into the boogie d building around ten p.m. Uh, Monday, May 9th. Boy, don't you hate Mondays? huh? Yeah, seriously. Well, your Tuesday, the rest of your week is gonna suck.
1: Was it in the afternoon? Was it after work? That would have made it yeah. even worse. Like a shitty day at the office oh yeah. and then i got raped on the way home we yeah just, you at I... least
0: want to get raped in the morning on the way down the elevator to go to work so <laughs> like you just say ah fuck i'm calling in <laughs> walter i'm calling in do you think i sound like mike from fucking uh breaking bad Walter?
1: such <laughs> and such
0: and blah 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 back up walter drop the gun okay Listen, Walter. Is how we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it my way. <laughs> we're gonna do it my way. I, I think I, I uh, It's like all the impressions I do. I do my my best impressions are the the best part of the impression is the first four seconds, and then after that, it's just diminishing fucking results. Dwindling. That's the
1: nature on. of impressions, though, right? <laughs> they sound you really good su- when you get.
0: <laughs> you can only sustain it for so long, right? I mean, like you do voices, but like, but you can you can sustain them a little bit longer. A little bit longer,
1: yeah. and they sort of Would run you, out after a time. And uh, you know, was he's it a, Jimmy
0: Stewart, no, that was your favorite. On, no, no, come on now, come on. Uh, oh, uh, so what, was, what was that voice?
1: I was, I was trying to do uh, uh, Woody Harrelson, your guy.
0: Oh, yeah, Woody Harrelson,
1: <laughs> he's a psychopathic killer, but so what? There's plenty of them around,
0: <laughs> Anton Chigurh. You don't understand the nature of what Chigur. this is all about.
1: might even say he has principles as elevator rapist.
0: <laughs> Rotastan. Rotastan, don't rape the woman in the elevator. She followed the, he, he did, he followed the 40-year-old. Wait, I, we're back on track. Uh, like I said, it was around 10 p.m., May 9th, uh, and he displayed a knife, and then he displayed a cock. <laughs> He stalked the victim as she entered the elevator, displayed a knife and said, this is a robbery. Don't do anything stupid. Oh, he just as said- she entered the elevator, I mean, like, uh, maybe, I guess he must have had her cornered. Like, she couldn't just run out. Well, how come people aren't aware of their surrounding? You know what I mean? I wouldn't let, I wouldn't let a rapist get within six feet, even in an elevator.
1: Oh, absolutely not! Yeah,
0: this is considerably less nice than the fucking guy. This this makes you see what a dreamboat that guy, that groper, fucking the, the Biden, that woman over there on the train.
1: Right, Mister Class over there, that guy. You know, might I give you a little kiss on the cheek, madam? Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, grope your breast. This guy's just like. Argh, comes Mr. right in
0: romance. Yeah, this guy comes any lie weapon, a weapon. Well, he might have robbed her too. He snatched $112 actually from the victim. So he didn't lie. He just he he lied by omission, maybe. It's a
1: half-truth.
0: Mm. He then ordered her to turn around and face the elevator. Mm. Oh, elevator wall. Face the elevator wall. He probably said face the wall, but he said face the elevator. That's in quotes. And then wall is not. So he must have said face the elevator before allegedly raping her. Raping her? You know what he did? He put his finger in her ass and her pussy or something like that, because that's rape. It counts if you penetrate anything with your finger. That's what the right. FBI says is rape now. But I mean, like I, when I see rape and, and they're talking about it being rape, I I just it may call me old fashioned, but I'm, I'm, I'm wanting dick in the pussy, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, that's the that's the romantic, uh, you know, <laughs> version of rape. Everybody.
0: It's, it's the rape I grew up with. <laughs>
1: Again, the the, the changing of the times
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I I gotta get with it I gotta get with the times, man You gotta keep up She was taken to Jacoby Medical Center For uh, treatment For treatment She was corrected NYPD (laughs) released uh, video footage of the horrifying encounter Yeah, that's good Show the woman's fucking rape Let's make a bad day worse (laughs) Social media, yeah did you see our tweet? You should retweet it. We're trying to catch this guy. It's you being raped. Uh, and they want the public's help in identifying the suspect. Why are they asking for the public's help? We know his name. It's Rodiston Ramon Rodaston. <laughs> a level three sex offender. I guess they didn't update the story completely here. Uh, oh, oh well, they were seeking the help, and then they... Okay, so they're describing how they found the guy. In the video footage, Rodaston is seen pulling out what appears to be a condom from the inside of... The, of his jacket before protecting uh, no proceeding excuse me to rape the woman before proceeding now I proceed to rape <laughs> hey, the guy is raping with condoms I guess he don't want to get HPV
1: Jesus like again how long is this whole thing taking <laughs> Like he takes the time of, hold on he must have hit the fire button or something and then just...
0: I don't know. Is there a button that just stops the fucking elevator? I think if you hit five. This is in the Bronx. There might still be an elevator operator on that fucking thing.
1: <laughs> He's just standing there through the whole thing.
0: What floor? Doing,
1: <laughs> stay there. Not doing a thing. Uh, union there
0: rules. There. I can't prevent rapes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not My allowed. To, cannot fight rapists. I, if I do that, and I get hurt. The union. It's a slippery
1: slope. I got to stand here and watch. Sorry.
0: I, I know it seems ridiculous, but it's yeah, like you said.
1: Be a good witness.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I can't. I also cannot take out my phone to video you. Uh, video <laughs> footage is uh, that's a different. It's a different union f- to which I do not pay dues. <laughs> that is the screen. Uh, whatever. I don't know. Uh, so they they release that video footage. Appears to be a condom, though. I mean, what kind of? I I think this this reminds me of of. A bit of a, yes, no need to stifle, yawn away, I'm immune.
1: Oh, that was like a heart attack or something, I'm good.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, So, I think it was Russ Meneve had this joke. There was a condom, you know, used on the ground by a dumpster. He goes, what kind of of person is reckless enough to fuck somebody against a dumpster dumpster, but responsible enough to put on a condom? Who is was mixed-up mystery weirdo. And the same way with a rape. You know, you're desperate enough to rape. You're going out raping, and you bring condoms. Why not just give her a plan B? You know? Here you go.
1: Give her instructions. Take this first thing yeah. Mom wore.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you should take it because, you know, I came really big and you're just down. You are full of my jizz. Take this. I don't want you tracking me down uh here he, here's the rapist I'll show you the rapist right now you want to see the rapist Let's who, see the who rapist. would say, who would say no to that <laughs> everybody wants to see the rapist Just want to see the face show of the me the rapist. rapist yeah. okay He looks, like looks like he like, uh looks like a rapist Tony
1: yeah like he uh he doesn't look like a kind of like pull out a condom and throw it on quick uh mm. I don't know no
0: don't looks like the time to have uh, kids in in elevators all over the city <laughs> Now that's a now that's a guy who could have a mustache. I think, you know, he could get rid of all this shit right here and just have a nice mustache. Everybody'd be happy. Everybody would be happy, wouldn't they? He looks. Like I a think they just would.
1: Potato head. Uh, yeah. You could put a mustache on him if you wanted, I suppose, and a condom. <laughs>
0: a Mustache and a condom. Look at this guy. If you see this guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah.
1: It's like The Departed when they're changing the mug shots.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't remember that scene. Departed. That's so. That, you know what? A better, a better Boston crime. I don't. I'm not gonna say it's better because who the fuck knows? How do you rate movies, right? Some movies are better than others. But uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle. You ever seen it? Robert Mitchum's. I think. I think it's Robert Mitchum's last movie.
1: Hmm. No, yeah. but if it's an older movie, I'd probably like to watch it because everything that's coming
0: out lately sucks. Well, it's it's got uh, Mo Green before Godfather, you know. Oh wow! Or shortly after, maybe. But I think I think it's like sixty nine, seventy, seventy one, something like that. I think it was right before. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's got Peter Boyle, nice and, uh, Robert Mitchum, and uh, yeah, he's just this old broken down crook and uh, we talked about it on late as fuck that's another show that i've got with Doug Nelson over there on the fucking locals page that's Great show. Uh, uh, nyc uh, crime report uh, locals.com yeah we talked about it on this i think it's the most recent episode or maybe the one before last but it's still up uh, i love that show i love talking about it it's 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 we have a rule no politics no crime uh, and we basically stick to that this guy has a he was charged with rape and sexually motivated robbery sexually motivated robbery how did, well, you you know the law explain this to me Ryan. he's stealing her virginity <laughs> stealing her heart what do you mean how does it work what's sexually the, motivated? Uh, he came that, for the pussy but then he just grabbed the money as an afterthought sexually
1: motivated maybe maybe the, the the uh initial motive was the was the rape and then the robbery came after the fact I've never seen it worded quite like that it's not a statute.
0: Sexu- it's not a statute.
1: No, not that I know of.
0: Sexually motivated robbery. No. I mean, it's not an aggravating sort of a increaser, and intensifier of, of, of something, because that seems ridiculous to me.
1: As far as I know, they're two separate. That would be two separate,
0: like, statutes you'd be charged under. Like, the um, only way I could see if it makes sense is if she keeps her money in her pussy, and then you find the money on accident, you know? The only way to yeah. get <laughs> like a slot machine. Of gold at the bottom bottom of the rainbow there yeah she pays off lights up like a pinball machine and pays (laughs) off in (laughs) silver dollars Hmm. he has two prior arrests for rape uh, one in 2005 another from 2006 so this guy has been rape you know averse not yet oh wait i forgot let's see 2006 plus 16 that's 2022 so math (laughs) (laughs) he he just got out after 16 years so man he's like man I cannot wait to rape a bitch again Uh, I have been arrested twice for this and once for attempted rape on February 2nd 2000 uh, February 2006 once I've been attempted rape and twice for rape and I, I need to be arrested for rape this guy is a straight up fucking rapist period Textbook. How tall is that? 60, what, we're going to say oh, 68 inches right? 69. 69 inches tall, 68. Of course, he's 69 that, inches. What, what, what is that in feet? <laughs> Let me see. I got got to get out my calculator. I can't divide yeah. by 12 that fast. 68 inches. Don't do it and humiliate me, Ryan. I'm retarded in math, so I don't know where he's there. Oh, Shouldn't guy, have I don't think he's especially tall though. Oh fuck. This is just what I need. Some bullshit like this, yeah. Everything is fucking up on the screen at the same time, so it's impossible to open Dude, calculator shit. to to fucking move it. Like I had the math all worked out and everything. Now anybody who knows anything is just like going, "God damn, Dixon, you're fucking retarded." I know, <laughs> I know. Looks like he's 56
1: oh, and a half inches tall, so we know okay, that. Okay. so 68 65. inches
0: divided by is 65.
1: No, 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 no. I see it now. Okay, it, are, no,
0: okay. okay, equals. Yeah, he's like five six he ain't well he's obviously not you know he doesn't look like a giant or nothing with low center of gravity helps you in the rape game you know you're 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 right there where you need to be right in each of those cases he was armed with a knife approached his victim in an elevator and robbed her elevator wow man he's (laughs) an elevator rapist man i mean like he he... why that i mean I, i know it's like she's stuck in a tiny little room
1: maybe it's the risk you know Maybe the risk is what does it for him. Apparently the risk is very
0: high. <laughs> he's yeah. Spent 16 years in prison for it already, like a dumb fuck. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? Jesus. That's just moronic. It's like, I've never successfully done this. With I mean, maybe he has. Maybe he's raped hundreds of women. I mean, but it says this is his M.O., the police source says. So he was released on parole March 30th from state prison where he was held on rape, sexual abuse, and burglary charges. Records show he was held on them. Serving time for them. His parole was set to expire in March 2027. And he was ordered held without bail. Held without bail. Boy, you don't hear that too often anymore. No, you don't. It's just like, prove that, like, no, I am completely not rehabilitated. I have every intention of, if you let me out now, if there's an elevator here, I will rape somebody on it. <laughs> what is it about an elevator rape? I guess it's like. It's in a container. That's what a lot of people like. It's sort of like when you're in a romance that's a semester long, you know, because, you know, that's the way shit works in college. It's like an elevator. It's like once once you get to the fucking floor, you know, well. well. It's we were all just, over. Uh, <laughs> we were just two sets of genitalia that passed on the ride.
1: Can you imagine, like, also the people that were, like, waiting for the elevator to arrive at the floor? They just oh, The elevator opens up
0: to a rape. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll get the next car. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait. Jesus, and the elevators in Atlantic City were so fucked up. I, I waited, I've waited. i never waited 45 minutes for a fucking elevator before. It took me well over an hour to get to the fucking roof party that was going on. In my oh, honor. God. In my honor. Well, <laughs> Anthony Cumia's honor, but I share in that. Anyways, the defendant has a long history of not only violently assaulting women, but also failing to abide by court orders. Hmm. He don't obey the law. This is the ADA, Taylor Nazareno. Uh, she told that to the court as reported by the New York Post. So this is an ADA in the Bronx. So I can't believe she's being this critical of this guy. Uh, they don't like to put people in jail at all. Nazareno said Rodaston's latest rape, latest alleged rape, is not just eerily similar. It is almost identical to the conduct committed by the defendant during the 2005 incidents that led to the defendant's Bronx County convictions. It's, it's pugly... almost like there's a pattern. Yes, it's almost... <laughs> That's his MO, they said. His... Yeah. Hmm. How about that? I mean, if small rooms arouse him, he's going to... No wonder he wants to go back to prison, right? <laughs> In each of those incidents, uh, it said he followed a female complaining witness into an elevator and sexually assaulted her. See, now that's the thing. If, if some fucking bitch is complaining as we're walking in, I'm not going to be able to get it up for her. Right. <laughs> oh, my God, this weather sucks, and I got uh,
1: late for the off. <laughs>
0: this fucking meeting. Oh, my meeting. God, my feet are killing me. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> what the to... fuck do you want? And Why like... is this caught <laughs> taking so long? Ah, yeah, she's complaining. Is she... <laughs> Followed her into the elevator. She was complaining. Uh, Rotestan has also served... Uh, am I saying that right? It sounds like a fucking Japanese... Uh, what the hell you know, I was wondering. Enemy of Godzilla. Rotastan <laughs> versus Godzilla. He's also served time for first-degree robbery, attempted criminal sale of a controlled substance. This is the shittiest criminal in New York City and criminal possession of a controlled substance. Attempted criminal sale of a controlled substance and criminal possession of a controlled substance. So he had the shit to sell, tried to sell it, and uh, our, it says, our most violent prisoners are continuously being released despite being a danger to the community. All for a second chance, a police source said. We're doing a disservice to the community and almost being complicit in their next crime. Almost. Not you <laughs> Not you, police source. Not you. I, I mean, if you're talking about the city as a whole, I agree. Sure. But if you're talking about the police, police are doing their jobs. Right. As discouraging as it must be. You know when I think about the cops like going to work now and being like, "Jesus, this is uh drag I mean like anybody who's not just pointing a gun at a f and 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 firing it into the head of another person is basically gonna just get out you know I think that they 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 did amend it somewhat, you know the the bail reform and all that shit, and yeah, they gave
1: the judges a little bit more discretion, but um still you know the fact remains like the parolees are being released when they shouldn't be you know And
0: yeah and the fact also remains that the judges are all they, they have the same mind virus that all these fucking lawmakers have so you know, it doesn't really make that goddamn big of a difference you know what i mean it's like uh it's one of these situations where uh they they're just part of the problem in a different way and now they have the discretion to be part of a problem in a different way the, I secretly think that the judge I think that the judge secretly liked not having any discretion. Uh, nope. I can't even look at that. I know she's been in here 5 times this week for slapping people and saying fuck you Jew, but I still cannot hold her on this. It's just against the law. My hands are tied.
1: Cuts out their guesswork.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, fewer, I can't do anything. Your <laughs> decisions. By the way, this does not look like the same guy to me. You know, I think he's got a good chance of beating this guy's like, uh, boy, this yeah. is weird.
1: I didn't see the actual elevator video.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, I, why well, the video I don't have, uh, and I don't, I don't know that it's, it must be out there somewhere. I don't have it. I look, I'm not, a, I, I'm not the kind of reporter who digs, I'm the kind of reporter who interprets. But, uh, yeah, this is, it says Ramon Radiston, but he does not look the same, does he, with the mask? Does that
1: look like a denim jacket under that coat? <laughs>
0: That guy was a sweetheart. That unidentified <laughs> guy was so, so much nicer. That he let her
1: out of the elevator first. If he had raped that woman, he would have let her out of the elevator first. Oh, after you.
0: Mm-hmm. He might have just made out with her, you know. But That's like, so bold. I, I bring flowers. What if you were a rapist who brought flowers and, like, you know, you can't take her to dinner because she'd identify you, but, like, some coupons for dinner?
1: I'm picturing the defense attorney describing all this to the court. <laughs> like...
0: Your honor, clearly he thought this was his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> they played a little game. I don't condone it, but who are we to judge what people do in the privacy of their own elevators? <laughs> I just think that it would be a good idea if you give the woman flowers and and forcibly have sex with her She's at least going to be a little ambivalent about it,
1: <laughs> more puzzled even than hurt, perhaps.
0: Yeah, like I mean, what just happened? Are you going to call me or should I call nine one one? It's do we convene a grand jury? I'm not sure what to do, or do we just go get married? Women don't get flowers nearly enough. I will say that I've known that for a number of years because you know how I found out because it was a guy selling flowers one day cut rate. Just like eight bucks for a dozen roses. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I'll take these home to the fucking girl. You know, took them home to my girlfriend. This is like in the '90s. You know, back when eight bucks was what Was eight bucks? I had my tips because they it was brought it by the work. I was working as a waiter at the time. And that's how I found out I wasn't a people person. And I, I she freaked out. She fucking took these flowers. She's like, where'd you where'd you steal these from? <coughs> I'm like, I didn't steal them. I bought them. I was going to say I bought them for eight bucks. I have a fucking vendor trying to get rid of some fucking shit, on, you know, <laughs> uh, trying to move stuff just to uh, maybe a waiter will buy some. He literally came in with boxes of these things. I was like, no, no, they're real. They're, I mean, I bought them for you. She And she like devoted the next at least 90 minutes to just like locating the vase and putting the right amount of everything, cutting the fucking stems down just the right amount. You know varying amounts and then like fluffing them and then she just stared at them like jesus fucking christ this and and you know truth be told she might not have ever gotten flowers before now that's not the way you want to do it normally you have to send them to work that's what they like they send the flowers to work right but can see them and they can they do uh, the victory lap and all that shit
1: or hire like a cellist or something to be waiting like outside
0: work yeah women string band of the cello if there's anything Yo, they are yo-yo ma freaks. I can hire yo-yo ma. Hey, yo-yo ma. <laughs> That's
1: how you summon them. You say that three times.
0: It's Too bad we're not recording this. Oh yeah. shit! <laughs> this would be this would be a pretty good show. I, I wouldn't mind it a bit. Uh, now, this uh, this this here is uh, an interesting story now because uh, we have. Hmm, I think you're gonna find this very interesting in violent Brooklyn. The Popo Searched for a Man in Connection to a Possible Hate Crime Attack. And that's in the historic Weeksville section of Violent BK. And this section here is truly a historically black area, Weeksville. It has been for 187 years. That's when James Weeks, a free black man and a stevedore from Virginia, he purchased a substantial piece of land uh, in what is uh, alternately identified as today's Bedlam Crime and Brown Heights. So it's, it's it's referred to both. I don't know exactly, but that's where his land's at. General area. This, sometimes it's hard to tell. The realtors make it up as they go. It depends on if you're buying or selling. Now, the particular land James Weeks bought had uh, not too long before actually belonged to an heir of John Leffords, who was a member of one of the most prominent landowning families in Brooklyn. This is nice land. He'd served in the 13th Continental Congress, and a lot of landowning families were selling off the property. It was a lot of land speculation, intense, intense land speculation. Uh, in antebellum, New York, unlike in New England, a non-white man had to own $250 worth of real property and pay taxes on it before he could vote. New York, not always the most progressive place.
1: No, not so much.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, not back then. you know. I mean, not as progressive as whatever the, fuck the New England shit was. But now a landowner, now this guy Weeks, he sold lots. To other blacks, right, who he encouraged to move to Weeksville, but it wasn't called Weeksville yet. They called it Weeksville. The men who started uh, moving there, they uh, they started calling it Weeksville after Weeks himself, and the, he owned a, a nice, handsome dwelling there, connected in Atlantic Avenue. So. But uh, now, by the 1850s, Weeksville—this is a, what makes it historic. It was home to 500 residents. It had two churches, a school, which was called uh, Colored School Number Two
1: little on the nose
0: <laughs> <laughs> colored school number two
1: where was number uh, one
0: yeah good question not there weeksville had colored school number two which is now ps243 and a lot of the first uh, african-american one of the very first african-american newspapers the freedman's torchlight so it's this like very successful uh coming kind of african-american or black uh freedman kind of place where you can, you know, buy some property, where you get on the voter rolls. It's it's a a welcoming place of community and stuff. They had, you know, their own uh, everything, doctors and all that shit. Little village. Uh, By the 1860s, it became the headquarters of the African Civilization Society. Never heard of that, but uh, it merits a Wikipedia entry. Also, (laughs) it was the home of the Howard Colored Orphan Society, uh, which I'm surprised has never been a band.
1: Mercury Our Lounge.
0: Colored Orphan Society. Playing at the Mercury Lounge, yes. Uh, now, one of the few orphanages uh, this this place was to be led by and for African Americans, and it gradually deteriorated due to mismanagement and lack of funds. Closed in 1918, and here's why. That black uh, orphanage closed. It was an incident involving um, burst water pipes, and two students got frostbite. They had to have their feet amputated.
1: Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So they said, fuck it, this place, we cannot run it anymore. Uh, Now, in 1863, Weeksville served as a refuge for blacks who fled Manhattan during the New York City draft riots. Oh, yeah. And the draft riots are uh, pretty, a lot of shit led up to that, the draft riots. You're familiar then, Ryan?
1: Yeah, just from uh, mostly gangs in New York.
0: Is Is that what that, see, I had a feeling that there was a connection there because uh, some, some interesting shit is mentioned later that sort of led me in that direction. But the shit that led up to the New York City draft riots of 19, uh, 1863 still regarded as some of the bloodiest, most destructive in U.S. history. Which is hard to believe that it could stand up to, you know, uh, the Rodney King shit, you know, and the uh, George Floyd. It's like there's a lot of uh, this, this riots in the 60s, for Christ's sake, you know. But this is still one of the bloodiest and most destructive um, but the background on it's a little complicated, and it is a—it's actually a little surprising. Uh, here's some stuff you might not have known about our diverse and progressive city of cosmopolites. Uh, the Civil War—that's uh, already complex. Anytime we talk about the Civil War, but I think a great many people today tend to oversimplify it. You—you you know a little bit about history, right? And, and and I think in particular you're interested in the Civil War. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, that- <laughs> right. Well, they don't. They have you found that people tend to make it that whole period like a tale of good versus evil and freedom versus slavery, and north versus south. Like it was just that that was the deal. We will end slavery by, and everybody in the north was for it, and everybody in the south was like for slavery.
1: Yeah, there's there's some real broad strokes being used with the American Civil War, like uh, just the, the the good guys and the bad guys, and it's just it's really like you said a lot more complex than that. There were some real bastards in the north and some real fuckheads in the south and And a
0: lot of shit going on that led to uh that led to i mean not the least of which would be the fucking tariff that the south had to pay all the time on the cotton coming out and they took all this tariff money and used it to build up the north's infrastructure while the south was just like well what the fuck we're the engine driving this whole fucking economy and you guys are going to just take all the money with a fucking tariff and uh and and uh and 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 uh build up your own shit you know what i mean so that and that's why there's not so many immigrants in the south uh, as there were in the north because, fuck the, the industry, you know, was uh, it it never got to become industrial in the way that the north did, you know, because tariffs and shit. I'm, I'm sure there's other reasons, but uh, so so as I was saying, um, the, these these draft riots and the Civil War at the at the onset of the Civil War, and I wonder if you know this because I didn't know this. New York City was certainly not happy with the onset of the Civil War. They, they were not suiting up to charge into any armed conflict to fight against the tyranny of slavery. You know, far from right. that, New York City, the business capital of the nation, was generally very interested in the possibility uh, of emancipation. Uh, maybe a better word would be concerned about the possibility of emancipation. And a better word still would be opposed to emancipation, because <laughs> they were. Uh, New York City largely was opposed to emancipation and actually pretty sympathetic to the South on the whole. As, as the war progressed, uh, now the uh, anti-war politicians in the newspapers of the city had been warning working-class New Yorkers, and these are mostly Irish and German immigrants, that emancipation would result in their replacement so the politicians are saying, hey, immigrants, fuck, if emancipation is going to be, forget it. The hordes of freed slaves will come up from the South. By the way, I mean, this is how far it went. Uh, New York City, there were people who wanted to secede along with the South.
1: I was just going to say, yeah, there were discussions of seceding and joining the South, which would have been, I don't even know how that would have worked. Like if they actually voted to do that, I don't know how they would vote to do that.
0: There would be, <laughs> I mean, there would be. First of all, there be, nobody in the South would trust anybody in New York. <laughs> True, and uh, and I don't know if they would be able to because I mean that they it should, that could not have happened. It's it's a crazy idea. A lot of people did want to do it,
1: although it wouldn't yeah. really fuck the North if you think about it, because then they would have had to, like Lincoln would have had to have sent. A hell of a lot more troops to New York City I mean if they officially seceded
0: oh, oh for Christ's sake
1: they would have had to split forces and
0: a fighting immigrant force of uh German and Irish uh you know new citizens who were like yeah fuck it man oppression sucks we right just left it I think um they wouldn't there wouldn't have been a war if, if New York would have just seceded along with the South the war would have just it just would have been like I hey, fuck it
1: Yeah, not to mention it would have crippled the north, you know, maybe not crippled, but it would have slowed down their production significantly. Yeah. So much was made in New York.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, well, the south was a huge trading partner, you know, and like 40, 50% of their fucking, you know, shit that they sent out to port was was coming from the south. It was cotton, a lot of cotton. They were very dependent on cotton Mm -hmm. and also upstate for their textiles and, uh, you know, whatever I'm... But this is from Wikipedia it says during the 1840s and 50s, journalists had published sensational accounts directed at the white working class, dramatizing the evils of interracial socializing relationships and marriages. This is what the journalists were saying in the 1840s and eighteen fifties. <laughs> going, Well, man, don't don't mix races. Reformers joined the effort and newspapers carried derogatory portrayals of black people. And ridiculed black aspirations for equal rights in voting, education, and employment. And uh, phrenology was popular. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I sure it's on phrenology. Yes. Look at that skull. <laughs> but uh, the, the city continued to be a destination for immigrants. And the Democratic machine politicians of Tammany Hall had been working overtime, getting the city's vast immigrant populations enrolled as citizens to get their votes. Now, that's shocking. That is issue that they would be, that the Democratic Party would be trying to get all the fucking immigrants registered. Breaking Uh, people
1: up into little groups doesn't sound like politicians at all.
0: No, nope. And and in New York City, uh, the word been unpopular, like I said, since the outset. Uh, Losing the South as a trading partner, very unpopular. The merchants didn't like it, the politicians, the papers, Uh, upstate, uh, the textile mills, the... uh, the working class people, everybody pretty much hated it. Uh, it accounted for, like I said, 40% of the goods shipped out of the city's port. Extremely valuable product. I mean, they, they had a good relationship. Uh, and it's funny because, like, you know, you think of New York as being so, like, fucking oh, this is like the epicenter of anti-slavery or something. But the truth of it is, long after the slave trade was made illegal in 1808, the cities, New York City's illicit slave trade had thrived. Wow. So and kept it ongoing. It was the biggest slave market that existed throughout the uh, whole time of the United States uh slavery period, whatever that was. Um antebellum uh, America. Uh New York City had had the biggest uh slave um uh, what would you call it, market. Seems so, like a hard uh, thing to fake
1: or fraud. How long could you keep that a secret? Like were they were they selling slaves to the south or were they keeping them in New York City?
0: Oh, slave trade. They they were probably, yeah, they were probably... Um, this is my, sla- my uh, employee. Well, <laughs> it's a port, right? So the slaves would probably come in. So I think that we were probably a net importer of slaves. <laughs> so they probably, yeah, they probably sold them to the South. But it's, you know, slave trade. It's like, you know, if you have doubles of one, you try to get the other one, you know, and you get a rookie card, and you're like, shit, yes, right? Because you want to... <laughs> Kunta Quinte rookie card. But uh yeah, so, so entwined were New York City uh, New York City's business interests with those of the South, like I said, they considered New York City was did there was talk of seceding from the Union right along. So in September eighteen sixty two, uh President Lincoln announced the emancipation proclamation, it would take effect in early uh eighteen sixty three. Now I'm going to quote from history.com. Okay, so just this is this is why the riots happened. That's why I'm talking about all this shit. This is like the draft riots, which people fled to Weeksville to escape, occurred due to these circumstances. And at the time, Lincoln's decision for emancipation sparked protest among workers in the city as well as soldiers and officers in New York regiments who had uh, who had signed up to preserve the union. Not to abolish slavery. So, soldiers and officers in New York regiments of the Union Army were like, What the fuck? (laughs) We're not trying to abolish slavery. But uh, they had to make it a cause because, you know, I guess they were having a hard time. She's like, You're still on the line, aren't you, right? Just making sure. Yeah.
1: Sorry, just listening intently.
0: No, no, it's, it's, it's of interest, I think. I'll try to breeze through some of this stuff, but it's very interesting. Now, the general shit attitude towards emancipation broadly coincided with uh, a manpower shortage in the Union Army, which left Lincoln and Congress. They had little choice, apparently, but to pass a strict new conscription law, and it established a true national draft for the first time. Now, they had drafted people into the Revolutionary War, uh, but they weren't. It wasn't. We weren't a nation at the time, so you know it doesn't really count. Uh, it was passed in March 1863, and the Enrollment Act required all men from the ages of 20 to 35. It's a draft that they suddenly have to be eligible for military service. 20 to 35.
1: That, I think that age is still in effect today, isn't it? Because I know 35 is still the limit for a lot of military
0: stuff. Well, there's no draft now.
1: No, no. But I just mean like. That age thirty five is like a cutoff for a lot of military. If you wanted to enlist,
0: well, it actually goes up even higher if you're unmarried. Uh, in or it did, you know, by the uh, enrollment act here, uh, for, it goes up to forty five if you're unmarried. Mm. So basically, every guy twenty to forty five, you know, unless you're married at forty five. Now, that included thousands of German and uh, I mean, many probably tens of thousands of German and Irish immigrants who had applied for citizen, citizenship, only to learn. You know, because they had these Tammany Hall guys, you know, trying to get them to register to vote and all that stuff. They had to become citizens. And after they'd done that, I don't know, now they're expected to perhaps immediately fight for their new country in the Civil War. (laughs) So it stands to reason that many were, you know, more or less devastated at the idea of leaving their families, abandoning their jobs.
1: Fresh off the boat. (laughs) Yeah.
0: To risk their lives in service of a nation at war with itself. I mean,. It's like you got to be shitting me. I came here for a better life, not for this shit. This is ridiculous, and it's our fucking number one trading partner. And you know we're gonna lose our jobs to fucking everybody just got emancipated and shit. It's a lot of tensions, you know. So that was a huge blow to working class citizens in New York. This uh, enrollment act, and it was made worse by certain exceptions to the strict new conscription law. It made it almost seem personal because if you were well to do. And your number came up for the draft, you were afforded the privilege of paying a different guy to go in your place. Oh, that was pretty cool, right? That's awesome. Like, yeah.
1: I'm not going. A, uh, right? You got a grand? We'll just,
0: Father, give him three hundred dollars. It was three hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, okay. Which well, sure there's already a price set. You'd think it'd be a bidding war or something, but no, it was three hundred dollars. That's sixty-six hundred in 2021, which is probably, I guess, it's probably fifteen grand now. <laughs> But roughly the equivalent of a year's salary for most American workers, 6,600 bucks is what it would cost. And there's no way anybody could do that in the working class. Mm -hmm. So here's the other thing black men were excused from the draft because, according to Wikipedia, they largely weren't considered citizens. Uh, Yeah. And that's uh, going to
1: cause some problems from every angle.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, can you see how it's like Emancipation Proclamation? And the politicians are telling you, you're going to lose your jobs. You're going to be completely out of luck. Your family.
1: Good luck. Uh, Replaced in
0: the labor force, you know, (laughs) by a new, you know, hardworking, probably cheaper black workforce. And uh, yeah. And they've been telling you that, you know, and and all this hostility has been, you know, the phrenology and the fucking (laughs) mocking of them, equal rights and all that shit. And all the newspapers, a bunch of newspapers, I guess. I don't know about all of them. Probably not in the fucking free freed slave torch light or whatever the fuck it was, but um, but they were excused and and uh, there was, there had already been tension between white and black dock workers uh, fighting over the work. So now that every working class white man between twenty and forty five basically was bound by the Enrollment Act, Congress's new law, to go fight in a very unpopular war against a domestic enemy, who many New Yorkers from Longshoremen to journalists, to politicians, to the tens of thousands of German and Irish immigrants who had just become Americans and that not only didn't oppose this this thing, but they sympathized completely with this enemy, many to the point of having wanted to secede right along with them from the Union that they suddenly found themselves drafted to preserve.
1: <laughs> when you say it like that, it's just like,
0: wow. And the media and the politicians, they kept stoking anti-black, anti-war sentiments ever hotter with a large percentage of these working class whites who might have been in, a, in real peril of walking away from their jobs to be instantly replaced by the same uh, African-Americans that the politicians and media had been warning them about since the onset of the war and who found themselves exempt from the draft. Good for them. Immediately after the emancipation, they were the they were told this is going to trigger uh you know your own replacement so well, you could not have, you the could government not have, had i mean <laughs> it's just to even try that yeah but i mean no worse than lockdown but uh yeah. <laughs> you could not have set the table any better for new york city to just blow and uh in an anger among working class whites it must have felt very justified and and even righteous it simmered And it caught in a low boil from the moment that the Enrollment Act was passed in March until the first draft lottery on July 11th. And then a sort, after that first day, a sort of uh, hush intruded on the usual buzz of the city. And it was a Sunday, but weirdly quiet, suspiciously so. But on Monday morning, true to their working class ideals, thousands of whites and mostly Irish workers, they began to get their riot on. So again, I'm going to read from history.com. This is not my word. Started, uh, they started by attacking military and government buildings and, and became violent only, only toward people who tried to stop them, including the insufficient numbers of policemen and soldiers that the city's leaders initially mustered to oppose them. By that afternoon, however, they'd moved on to target black citizens' homes and businesses. In one notorious example, a mob of several thousand some armed with clubs and bats. They stormed the colored orphan asylum on 5th oh, Avenue no. <laughs> near 42nd. That's uh, a four-story building, housing more than or was more than 200 children, and they took bedding, food, clothing, and other goods and set fire to the orphanage, uh, stopped short of assaulting the children who were forced to go to one of the uh, city's alms houses.
1: What do they do with them? Just like, just ushered them outside and like destroyed the building? Like, yeah. what do they do with a bunch of kids
0: <laughs> got me man i don't know <laughs> it said like uh shit's about to hit the fan you do not want to be on the other side of that fan now in, in addition to uh black people themselves uh rioters turned their rage against white abolitionists and women who were married to black men
1: uh, that must have been r- rare back then though just sensibilities of the time women married to black men that must have comprised I don't know, five, <laughs> hmm.
0: maybe, in the U.S.? Yeah, they knew him by name. Uh, it rained on Monday night, though. Heavy rain, and it helped a little with the fires, and it sent the rioters home. But they came back on Tuesday, burned down the house of Abby, Gibbon, uh, Abby Gibbons, of the BGS, Gees, uh, <laughs> who a prison reformer and the daughter of uh, an abolitionist named Isaac Cooper. That's some targeted rioting, though. Like, let's burn down Abby Gibbons' house. You know? <laughs> Damn. And she was a prison reformer, so people are already sick of prison reform. <laughs> In eighteen sixty
1: three. Eighteen sixty
0: three. And they were really pissed about it. They also like I said, they attacked the what they called the uh amalgamationists, which I guess is their contemporary word for race mixers. Uh, specifically two women mentioned by name who were married to black men and uh, I'm, I'm, their names are really not significant here and a prostitute, though, named Mary Burke who catered to black men. Catered to them. Only to black men. I didn't say only, but, wow. I, you know, yeah. Let's say so. <laughs> Probably so. I think she was the originator of that phrase about going black. Yeah. <laughs> You got to cater to somebody once you go black, you know, <laughs> your white trade tends to fall off. <laughs> and Governor Horatio Seymour showed up. He tried to settle people down with a speech at City Hall. Now, here's what he said at that speech. He proclaimed the Conscription Act was unconstitutional. <laughs> I'm not sure how that would settle anybody down. I'm pretty sure that was exactly the kind of shit the writers. Everyone, saying. you're right. Yes. This <laughs> shit is fucked up. <laughs> And then General Johnny Wool, commander of the East... They a lot of fucking people had to come in and try to quell this thing. General Johnny Wool, commander of the Eastern uh, District, which is a, a branch, a, a, a sort of grouping of the military. It's only happened, like, three different times, and not since the early uh, 20th century. But uh, it was, in effect, it was basically the Eastern District, everything, you know, the Eastern Seaboard, I guess, and uh, he was the commander of all that shit, this general. Uh, he arrived with 800 soldiers and Marines... And he ordered the militias to return to New York. Now, the, the situation improved on Wednesday when the assistant provost, marshal general, which, whatever that is, <laughs> Robert Nugent, acting on an order from his superior officer, Colonel James Barnett Fry, announced uh, that the draft would be postponed. So they got, they won something out of it, I guess, at least a postponement. And as word spread, the rioters started staying home. But the militias used some harsh measures against the remaining rioters, and and the riots did spread to Brooklyn and Staten Island. Now more troops arrived on Thursday. Order began to be restored. There was one final conflict uh, in these uh, draft riots. Gramercy Park, 12 lives lost in skirmishes uh, between rioters, militia, and confrontations with the police and the Army. So uh, some notable visitors came to enjoy this rioting. Now I, th- this is what you were talking about, Gangs in New York. The Plug Uglies and the Blood Tubs, Baltimore. <laughs> Blood Tubs. Blood Someone Tubs.
1: revamp that. That's a cool gang name.
0: Well, Plug Uglies is pretty good, too. And then there's yeah. the, the Sky Kill uh, Rangers from Philly. They also came. Uh, taking this as a quote here uh, from uh, the source. I think it was, it's either history.com or Wikipedia, but it quotes the New York Times. <clears throat> uh, it said they had come to New York during the unrest to participate in the riots alongside the Dead Rabbits, and the the mackerel villers (laughs) the times editorialized that and this is the quote from the times the scoundrels cannot afford to miss this golden opportunity of indulging their brutal natures brutal natures and at the same time serving their colleagues the (laughs) copperheads and secesh sympathizers they shortened it secesh sympathizers what a that was
1: a That was a term for Democrats, right? Uh, Pro-secession Democrats? Is that right?
0: Well, you know what? I don't know. I'll I'll just have to fucking... Oh, when you look up Copperhead here, it just... Oh, politics. All right. Well, hell, I'll I'll take a look and see what it says. Copperheads, Peace Democrats. Yeah, redirects here. Peace Democrats. Peace Democratic Party. 1860s, Copperheads, known as Peace Democrats, were a faction of Democrats in the Union who opposed the American Civil War, wanted immediate peace settlement with the Confederates. Right. Yeah. Well, I did not know that. Republicans started calling anti-war Democrats copperheads, framing them as venomous snake of the species. Whatever.
1: That's how you win friends.
0: Yeah. Whose common name. <laughs> look is at these Copperhead. fuckers!
1: They want peace.
0: Yeah. Fuck it! Don't they understand? This is, well, this is the Republicans talking. They they thought that look, we just have to go with the narrative now and be happy about it. Yeah. Yes, Republicans did all the good things and. I'm not really a Republican. I'm just a fucking common sense person. <clears throat> now, 120 people died. Officially. I was going to say, what
1: were the stats? 120. That's 120
0: mm-hmm. officially. Uh, some I saw one estimate that said up to 1,200. I'm like, hey, you know what? I think that's a little bit too big of a. Uh, that's too big of a gap. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just too big of a gap.
1: That's like a. That's like um, like a small civil war battle.
0: Like yeah. casualty, it's like it was either 120 or 10 times that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really seem. 11 uh, blacks were lynched, and thousands of blacks—about 20 percent of the black population in New York City—moved the fuck out of town. As uh, the black population in 1860, at the outset of the war was 12,414, and by the end of the war in 1865, it was down to 9,945. Many blacks were also left homeless, and um, their descendants still live in the city, predominantly near uh, Penn Station, Subway, but, you know, they're all over. Uh, And uh, during these uh, four days of riots, thousands of blacks, like I said, they fled for safe haven in Weeksville. Our very own little piece of black history now where authorities uh say the suspect in weeksville approached a 32 year old victim near president street and utica avenue friday and he began to punch and kick the victim excuse me for my smacking now uh the victim was apparently either jewish or very jewy looking (laughs) convincingly so reason being that uh, news 12 was told that the suspect also made anti-semitic remarks before fleeing the scene, and the NYPD's hate crime task force launched an investigation into the incident. Uh, sometimes it feels like that just gets thrown in for good measure to me.
1: Just another, yeah, another could thing be wrong. To put yeah, on yeah. the cherry on top of the Sunday kind of thing.
0: And that maybe they think that they're going to get like a, a, a much more, um, I don't know, like a, a, a more aggressive response if it's a hate crime, you know? And they, when somebody beats you up or some shit in the street, you really want something to happen. You know, Absolutely. I know one time somebody attacked me. And she, she tried to murder me uh, with a gun, and uh, I was like, "Where the fuck is she?" Hmm. It really mattered to me. I wanted to know where is she tonight, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Um...
0: I, I spoke to somebody at uh, the hospital, you know, and I was like, uh, "I'm just trying to figure out where she is." She's like, "I can't give you information on whether or not that she's here." And I'm like, "Well, I'm the victim of a crime." That she's I just wanted, and she's like, "Oh, oh, I, okay." She goes, "Well." um you're fine you're fine
1: <laughs> oh thanks i was like
0: thank you yeah it was, it was i took it as good information she let me know that she was in the fucking lunatic asylum Jeez. my life is so fucking fun it deals you so many weird hands you play them the best you can uh and you uh and you win every turn if you're me i do nothing but win you ever notice that about me i win and win
1: love winning winning's great
0: I've got winning aids. I'm tired of winning.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, did the, did the, when you got, had your incident there where you were almost murdered, did the police give you any, like a lot of times they'll give you like an instant, uh, order protection or they'll take you before a judge. I mean, I forget, I don't know what state that was in. Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. It might be different down there, but they didn't, didn't go before incident.
0: a judge. Um, but, and it wasn't, I, I think that with the charges, the, uh, I think that the order protection was, I believe it was there with the charges, but it was all, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there was something there in place because I had considered, was- by the way, I had considered getting one before it even happened.
1: Okay. I was going to say for a but-
0: protection because I, she had been giving me the creeps, you know, leaving a lot of weird messages and stuff. And I'm like, maybe I should get an order protection. I talked to cops about it and they're like, well. It's one of those things, you know. It's a piece of paper. It doesn't really stop anything. But what it does do is it gives you a record, you know, that you have a record that she's been it just helps simplify things in the future if if anything bad comes with this.
1: If you don't get killed by her, then and you catch her in the act, then she could be charged with the crime. <laughs> Basically yeah, is what I mean, the order of protection does.
0: Yeah, if if, if but it but it can also provoke there's that concern, like that maybe True. she maybe this was the day she finally got over it, and then you send your fucking little order of protection. But she was on pre-trial house arrest, which I understand is pretty rare.
1: Um, uh, now I mean, more and more lately, um, I'd seen I'd seen uh, people released a pre-trial count or pre-trial um, services where they get like an ankle monitor well that's
0: because well that's because they're letting more they that's see that's for a different reason though this was in 2004 and and they were not really trying to get everybody out of cages back then you know what i mean it, right yeah they it was like uh the default was you just go and you know if you commit a violent crime uh you know i mean you you either got bail or you didn't mm-hmm. and in this case uh it was like well we just probably should put an ankle monitor on this <laughs> and it never <laughs> went to trial anyway attempted Tempted second <laughs> they wanted to charge her with attempted first degree murder you know how hard that is you yeah, know but, but i mean, meditation it... was quite easy to prove she had a note yeah. she, she made a statement to witnesses when uh when i took the gun away from her there in the ihop she said i was going to shoot that motherfucker and then shoot myself she had to drive an hour and a half, two hours to get there in a car that she had to borrow to to get there, and a gun she had to obtain. So, I mean, like, there was almost no element of it that was not premeditated. She lay in wait outside the comedy club. Right.
1: The only thing that might...
0: me, I mean, Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) The only thing that might have made that case more ironclad is if she had pulled the trigger and it misfired. Like, she pointed it right at you and it misfired. Oh. Because then it's like, okay, she was willing to pull the trigger and do it, but the gun fucked up. You know well, she,
0: mean? Had, she had written in, in her pocket for people to find what to do with, you know, who to notify about her being dead.
1: Right. I agree so, with you. That sounds like a pretty good case. I'm not pretty sure. Pretty good why. case.
0: But I didn't want to go to trial because, as charismatic as that girl was, and it's like, I mean, she, this would have been the fucking role of a lifetime for her. She would have loved to be in court. Doing uh-huh. I mean she just would have enjoyed it too much. I'm like, no fucking way. My I'm gonna have to and by the way, I didn't look so good in this uh situation, you know, trial wise. I mean I was like married at the time to somebody who not her and I was uh uh what uh, what else? Uh fucking her and fucking the pear tree hotel and shit like that and fucking you know, Nashville and just uh, we fucked in probably eleven states uh in in, in six months or something like that from april to december yeah i mean like it was just uh it was tawdry you know and we would hit each other and stuff like that so there was there were (laughs) she could she could truthfully say that i would slap her in bed and stuff like that and it would just be very very tawdry and very you uh, could
1: be in a worse worse spot much worse had she had had gone to trial and then the jury felt sympathetic yes Uh, based on that and then oh you're acquitted not guilty and then she can have a gun she can go back to fucking whatever
0: (laughs) dude i mean i was not i said and i and i just had a feeling i'm like no and my mom would have been a witness because she had fucking harassed my parents she'd harassed family members but she had you know she had all kinds of deniability for that i was so you know distraught who cares if i harassed his family uh who cares if i left 35 messages on his fucking voicemail uh you know (laughs) who cares uh you know that I attacked him with a weapon, God damn it, you know the thing about that the cop the when when I'm filling out the, you know, they give you the thing like, write down what happened, right, so I wrote down my account of what happened. man, I think I went back a little too far to be honest <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> all this shit happened, and I fucked at right the pear tree hotel and we probably fucked up. everything I just said basically was in the report, and like uh she, uh, and then the cop comes over and goes, hey, are you the one that's, because uh, I was like, you know, just kind of backing way off from the fucking restaurant there, but I was leaning against the wall, sitting on the fucking ground, trying to write this thing, because are you the one that she, uh, the woman here tried to, and I'm like, yeah, he goes, Huh oh, damn, what did you do to her? <laughs> so, and that's the mentality, that is the mentality, and that's, yeah. and that's why, you know, it's, that's the way people think. I definitely don't want to be a part of it. Plea bargained. She got attempted second degree murder, conviction, eight years house oh, yeah. arrest. Didn't want to go to jail. I don't blame her. Was All well that not- ends well. Sorry and, uh, to interrupt.
1: Was it? Was it? Was it house arrest or was she like just had the monitor and she can go wherever as long as her location was tracked?
0: You know. They told me it's, uh, you know eight years house arrest and uh, and I think that she was allowed to work, go to church, and. Uh, if somebody died or something you know but 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 the thing is even when she was just on the pre-trial house arrest she wasn't supposed to have a job then and she got one and i told the da that or the you know the, whoever it was with the prosecutor that i was like yeah fucking, uh how about that she's got a job she's not supposed to it because we don't want to bring it up it looks good for her like what do you mean it looks good for her it's against the conditions it just it just looks good for her because she went and got a job and I tried one more time. Like, are you sure you want Yeah, it just it looks like
1: we don't cool. want to deal with
0: it. No, just, uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. This is Chattanooga. That's Nashville. We're not going to fuck with it. So uh, that's the way that went. But it's kind of like that. I mean, they were not going to monitor the house arrest in fucking Nashville when they're in Chattanooga. They're just not.
1: You could have just stopped there. They're not going to monitor the house arrest. <laughs> but,
0: yeah. So she did have the. Uh, she did have the fight. I was and the yeah another ironic thing. I was on house arrest a lot of times with her. I mean, like she wouldn't let you out of her fucking sight. No, Anytime time yeah. you get into an argument, she tries to demand the car keys, like so you can't abandon her. I'm like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. I'm not going to give you my car keys ever because you need trust in a relationship, as you know. Ryan, yes. uh, your stutter, stuttering John stuff is so fucking funny. Thank you. <laughs> don't can don't find get me it started,
1: on... He's going to sue me once he learns my name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who are these podcasts uh you know people should check that out it's a very funny show about podcasts and uh, i hope to do it one day i got some thoughts to share about a couple of people maybe opie i don't know I'd love I'd to hear that. your
1: opie take on carl's show that'd be amazing I
0: mean, go on and on carl carl's funny dude and uh hey uh to everybody uh who um is supporting at new com. thank you thank you to my patreon uh subscribers as well and supporters uh and i uh I, I do appreciate uh, every, everybody's, uh, you know, help in these trying times, you know, because it's, uh, it's a tough time economically, so we've hurt. Not for me so much. I sleep on a pile of money every night, like a fucking log. So this is the smallest room in New York City. <laughs> Ryan, thank you very much for doing the show. Anytime. All right, and thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report.